who's uh, he's dealing Not with diverticulitis, and he's got a perforation, a little small hole in his colon, which they're treating with antibiotics. And we're hoping he's at home, he's resting at home, but he's still suffering in some pain. And I want to tell you, I have had that. I had that back in 2007. I've never had a baby, but I can tell you this. I can't imagine having a baby hurting any more than your than your colon hurting like that with diverticulitis. There's just not much that I know of that could hurt that bad. Uh, I know there's some ladies that say you have no idea, and I probably don't, but I, I'm telling you, I think that's about the worst a man can experience. But having said that, please continue to pray for him, and we're praying that he heals up and that surgery is avoidable. And uh, But anyway, I know you have prayer requests out there. I know there are many of you that do. And uh, we want you to know that God knows exactly what your needs are. And I know there, there we've got people in our church who have family members who are sick. We have, uh, and, I, and I, I want to mention a special prayer request tonight. Uh, I want to mention a prayer request for a friend of mine named Carl Cullum. And uh, he's had surgery on his on his heart and his kidneys. Are, they're having a hard time getting his kidneys back functioning. And uh, I want us to I want us to yoke together in prayer tonight for Carl that God will get his kidneys to functioning and Carl his health will continue to improve. Uh, I just want to pray for him right now. So I, I want you to go, Lord, with me in prayer, and we're going to lift up all your requests too. Uh, Lord knows what they are. So let's go, Lord, in prayer right now. Father, thank you this this evening, Lord, that even though we're not able to meet together and shake hands and sing songs of praise together. Father, I'm thankful that we're able to come together this way, and Lord, that we're able to meet, Lord, with you and, and with one another, and Father, what a blessing it is to to be saved, and Lord, to have brothers and sisters in Christ, and Lord, I realize tonight that other churches may not be having services as well. We may have people tuning in tonight that don't normally, uh, don't normally listen to our services, and Father, I pray you'll use me tonight. Help me to help them. I want to be a help and a blessing. And, Lord, I want, I want to meet needs tonight, Father. So I pray you'll help me to do just that. And, Lord, uh, I, I want to hide behind the cross, Lord, and, and you get all the glory. Lord, please help us tonight as we go to the Psalms and we study tonight about praising your name and praising your word. And, Father, I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful to be called by your name. I'm thankful to be a Christian. I'm thankful to be a believer in Christ. And I'm thankful tonight that I have the word of God, and I know that it's the truth. Lord, please bless those that we've mentioned tonight. Meet with each need. Lord, those who are dealing with sickness. Lord, those who have lost loved ones who are dealing with, with grief. And, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you be that comfort in their hour of need. Father, meet every need, Lord. And we just pray, Father, for those who are out there that are searching for a church home. Lord, that you'll lead them to a, a house of worship where the word of God is preached truthfully, honestly, Lord, and, and that the doctrine is, is according to the word of God. And Father, if they're looking for a home, they can always visit us, and Lord, we'd be welcoming them in. Father, I pray you meet with us now, and we give you all the glory and the praise for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And it is good to come to you. It is good to be with you tonight. And uh, as we said before, uh, we're going to be in Psalm 138. 138 Psalm, and, and I started on this study back in the Psalms, I can't even remember how long ago it's been. It's been quite a while back. And uh, actually, before I even came to Temple Baptist, we started this study in the Psalms. But we're, we're coming down toward the end, and uh, we're in Psalm 138, and we've not got that far to go until we have reached the end at Psalm 150. So, but tonight we're in Psalm 138, and there's only eight verses, and I know that I can stretch eight verses for two weeks. So 
we're just going to start, but we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to we're going to read the psalm and then we're going to go verse by verse. So let's read here Psalm 138 verses one through eight. It's a psalm of David, and he said, "I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple." And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In, thy day, in the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord." Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercies, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And and so may the Lord add his blessing tonight to the reading of his word. And this is a psalm, a psalm of praise. He's praising God, and it's a psalm of confidence in the Lord. And uh, in contrast to the last psalm where we were looking at them where they had gone, been taken captivity in Psalm 137, the children of Israel were taken captivity into the land of Babylon, the second, uh, second Babylonian captivity in the time when Daniel was there. And uh, and they, they said they hung their harps on the willow tree and they couldn't sing the songs of Zion in a foreign country and they mingled their tears with the river there by by the by the, the river in, in Babylon and, and they longed for home and the and the the uh, captors of the Babylonian captors they required of us a song and they required of us mirth or happiness they said and and how could they sing the songs of Zion in a, in a, in a foreign land and forget forget their love Jerusalem. How could they do that? They couldn't. They couldn't sit there and sing those songs which were patriotic to them and which meant so much to them and sang of their faith in God. They couldn't do that while in captivity in a foreign land, and they refused to. So they refused to praise. Uh, they refused to sing those songs of praise before the enemy because that was like casting their pearls before swine, and they refused to do so. But here they're encouraged to do it openly, to speak it openly, not to be seen as cowardly. And, I, and I'm not trying to step on your toes tonight, but, of course, I don't know how it is with you. I don't know everything that you do, and, I, and therefore I can't be speaking to you personally, but I want to say to all of us, not just our church members, but to every Christian who's tuned into this, to this message tonight, that you and I were, were created to give God praise. That's why we're here, to give God praise. And and if we fail to do that, we're being cowardly because we were saved from our sin by God who was merciful and gracious to us, and we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. So therefore, in light of what he's done for us and continues to do in us, we ought to praise him and give him glory. Uh Somebody's calling me on my cell phone right now while I'm trying to do this message. So uh, y'all just ignore that noise if you can hear it. I don't know why anybody called me when they know I'm in church. But anyway, he says, uh, or uh, rather, 
I lost my place. Let me find my place. That distracted me. But anyway, so so he's he's saying that we ought to praise God, and we certainly ought to praise God. There is no reason in this world why, as believers, we ought to restrain or refrain our praise. We ought to give it all to God uh, on a regular basis. It should be. I know it's usually probably not the first thing on our mind when we crack our eyes open in the morning and, you know, we got the morning breath and the messed up hair and we got the aches and pains from laying in one spot for so long. And, you know, and it just, when first thing out of, out of our mouth is probably a grunt, probably not praise, but it should be because God allowed us to wake up again. God gave us breath in our lungs and our heart's still beating and we're still able to see and we've still got people around us that love us. We ought to praise him because he could have, he, all that could have been gone a long time ago, but God sure is good, isn't he? God sure is merciful to us. I didn't deserve any of this. I, I was visiting with my friend today and just talking about how God has blessed me so much in, in just in the last few years, and I didn't deserve any of it. I still don't deserve any of it, and I praise him for every bit of it, he, and he continues to bless, and I'm, I, I don't deserve it. I'm so thankful for all that he's done for me, and I want to praise him. I want to give him glory. Because it's him. It wasn't me. It's God. And I know that. So let's look into this psalm tonight. Psalm 138. We'll look at, we'll, we're going to look at through verses 1 through 3 where he said, I will praise thee. Okay? You know, I think I know why he was a man after God's own heart. The Bible does say that David was a man after God's own heart. And I've said before that David was good at repenting. He, he wasn't one who would hold on to his sin. He would go to God and he would... He would have to, he would confess it and have and get forgiveness, but you know that's not the only reason I believe the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart because he was always praising God. His life was there to give God glory, uh, even even in the worst of times. He gave God glory. He cried out to God for for help, but he gave God glory. And uh, so let's look at what it says tonight. He said, "I will praise thee." First of all, he said, "With my whole heart." With my whole heart, not I will do it half-heartedly, but I will praise him with my whole heart. That means you're not reserving anything. That means when you're praising God, when you really praise God, you ought not worry about what anybody else around you thinks about it because you're not praising for them. You're praising for him. And if if they don't like it, well, that's on them, and they, that's between them and God, not between them and you. Give God the praise that he's due, and don't let any man uh, keep you from opening your mouth to praise God. Uh, I realize there's a time and a place, and maybe, maybe, in, a, maybe, maybe in, a, in a quiet library, ain't the time for a glory spell, but you can get out in the parking lot and run around the cars and do it. But listen, anywhere and everywhere ought to be a good enough place to praise God. I, there's a video I watched many years ago uh, of a man in Walmart, and he started praising God in the middle of the store, and then and just kind of halfway, to, he must have been a preacher because it turned into preaching and, and rejoicing and, 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 and giving God a little testimony and praise. And pretty soon there were people gathering all around him, and they, they were loving what he was saying. And, and it, was just a, it was just a moment that just happened because somebody burst into praise. And, you know, if, if we would just do that, wonder what would happen. wonder how God could use that. He said, let's do it with my whole heart. Hey, hey, you know, God hears the prayers. The Bible says he hears the prayers of the brokenhearted, right? That's a heart that's broken. But, but when he talks about his praise, he doesn't want his pra the praise. He wants to come from a whole heart. 
one that's healed, one that's come to him that he's healed and he's 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 fixed, and, and that, that heart should rejoice. That heart should give him glory. But, you know, we should rejoice even in our pain and our sorrow, but we should definitely praise him when he's fixed it and when he's healed it. We ought to praise him all the way through because we know. We ought to praise with thanksgiving knowing that God is going to heal it. I talked to I talked to a, a lady just the day before yesterday who who was in despair and, and anxiety and things and, and, and you know and I, I just told her, I said, you know, put it all on God. Let God have all of it. Let him have control and, and, and God will God will show you himself. God will reveal himself to you. Give him all of you. Don't give him part. Trust him with all of it. God wants your whole heart. God doesn't take a back seat to any other. God won't take a back seat in your life. God won't. I was sharing with I was sharing with a church member. You know, when you read the Bible, don't read the Bible with the TV on. Don't have that noise in the background. Don't leave a radio on. Don't be listening to music while you read your Bible. Even you say, what about Christian music, Pastor? I wouldn't even listen to Christian music while I read my Bible. I wouldn't want the pianist. I wouldn't want Miss Joanne up there playing church hymns while I'm trying to preach. So the same way, I don't need music going while I'm studying my Bible because I want to focus on the words that God has to say to me because his word is so important in our life. His word is so very vital to us. We have to have it to function spiritually. It's spiritual food for us. And we need to give him all of us. When we come to the table, we ought to come uh, with an appetite, hungry for God, and, and give him all of us, all of our attention, our whole heart, every bit of us. Uh, he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. He said, I will, I will, before the gods, will I sing praise unto thee. Before the little g gods, I will sing praise unto thee. Everywhere you and I turn these days, Somebody's willing to give somebody else godlike status. It just—it's happening all around us. All you got to do is listen to the talking heads on the news stations talk, you know, or, or listen to people in the music industry or the Hollywood industry. Whether it's be an actor or an athlete or a musician or some government leader who's talking how they—they they got all the answers, or or whether it's some cockamamie scientist who who's trying to inject everybody with a potion, uh, whatever it may be. Whatever, they treat them. They treat these people like they're gods, and we should just bow down and worship and listen to every word they say and ooh and all over everything they do because they have the best for mankind at heart. When, an, when the opposite is true, when the opposite is true, they're god haters and they want to be little gods themselves. They they try to speak with a godlike authority. But you see, you see, David said before them. I will sing praise unto thee. I'm not going to let them intimidate me. I'm going to be a Christian and stand up for, for, for my God and what I believe in and his word and his truth, and I'm not going to cow down, and I'm not going to let them dictate to me how to run my life because God is the one who's in charge of me, not them. Amen? And I can't hear you say amen, but I believe you might have said it in your heart. Amen? Listen, People, people worship these men and these, these sports figures and these singers and these actors and these scientists and these government people. They worship their words. And, and these people try to silence the truth. They don't want us to believe in God's word. They want us to believe that they have the right way, that they know what's best for us, and they want to shut up everybody who would rather tell the truth. And, and, and it's, it's sad. We're, we need to resist these clowns. 
We need to give praise to our God who deserves our praise. And by telling the truth, regardless of what it may cost us, we need to stand up and praise God and give him glory and be Christians before this lost and dying world. Now, I want you to notice what he says here in verse in verse 2. He said, I will worship toward thy holy temple. I will worship toward thy holy temple. You say, well, okay. But might I say to you, there was no holy temple when he said that. This is David talking. If you remember, I hope you remember. Maybe you don't remember. Maybe you've never studied and you don't know. But David did not build the temple. David only wanted to build the temple. And God didn't let David build the temple. His son Solomon built the first temple. And But David is saying, he said, I will worship toward that holy temple. So he, he, had, he saw it by faith, my friends. Every, you know, what we're headed toward, I mean, I don't know what heaven, I've never seen heaven, but I see it by faith. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm telling you, heaven has a capital H because it's a real place. And I'm really going there someday. It's really there. My loved ones are really there. They are really there with Jesus. They're really there with the Father. They're really there with those who've gone on before them. And, and, the, and the angels of God and the creatures before the throne and, the, and, and listen, all the, all the saints of old that have died, they're all there, and, and, and it's real, and I know it's real, amen? So I see that by the eye of faith, and David saw the temple by the eye of faith, and it was his desire to build God a temple. Like I said, he would never see it. It was his son who built it, but by faith, by the eye of faith, he saw it, and, and I look forward to a time when I can worship in the new temple. And I, and I mean, there's going to be a temple in Jerusalem, and I'm not talking about the Dome of the Rock Church, I'm, and that's, that sits up there where the temple ought to be. But no, when there's, a, when there's a temple built with Jesus, that Jesus sits on the throne in to rule and reign on this earth during the millennium, that thousand years when Christ sets up his reign here on this earth. And he's going to do that. He's going to rule and reign here on this earth. And, and I look, again, I look forward I look forward to heaven. I look forward to that time here on earth. I look forward when that trumpet sounds and the Lord calls us up out of this old place. I look forward to that as well. Amen. I look forward to all of that by the eye of faith, just like David looked forward to the temple, looked toward the temp- temple. Uh, he continues on there. He said, he said I, I, will, I will praise thy name. Amen. I'll praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now listen to this. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. You know, that's a scary verse to a liberal. That's a scary, I'm talking about to a, to a liberal Christian, or I say to a liberal theologian, to say that God has magnified his word above his name. See, David's, David's worship here, it, it's centered. It's centered on God's name. He's worshiping God's name, and he's worshiping God's character. He's worshiping his word. He's praising him for his word. You know, he said, I'll praise thy name for thy loving kindness. That's what I want to address first of all, thy loving kindness and for thy truth. I heard, I heard my friend, Brother Chad Long, say this this week. I heard it before. He said, he said the difference between kindness and loving kindness said, kindness is when mama makes me some toast, but loving kindness is when she puts some jam or jelly on it. 
Uh, that's the difference. It's 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 mercy. It's 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 grace. It's tenderness that we don't deserve. And David's saying, "I'm praising you, Lord, because because you are you are full of loving kindness, and and I'm praising you for your truth because you you are tr- your word is true. Everything God has ever said is true." And he said for that, so, so again, I'll praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. And, you know, I, I hear, I've heard people say that, you know, a loving God, if God was so loving and if God were perfect and God were holy and righteous, God wouldn't let this bad thing happen or he wouldn't let that bad thing happen. And they try to smear God's name and try to smear his character as if God were evil and somehow let these evil bad things happen as if God were supposed to restrain everybody's free will from sinning. God doesn't restrain us. God gives us a Savior and a way out. God doesn't keep us from sin. So we can't blame God when bad things happen in this world because this world is full of sin. And and we're you know, and, and they, they they smear him. They, they they make false accusations against God. No, David said, I praise him because he's full of loving kindness. See, people forget there's evil, there's sin in this world that causes all these things. And so they accuse they accuse God's word of being made up by men. They say, oh, that book, that was written by men all a long time ago. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. If, the, if this book, if this book right here was written by men, then it wouldn't be so hard on sin. It wouldn't be so hard on mankind. It wouldn't tell the truth about how wretched man is because man would make it better. He would build himself up and make himself look good just like he does in every other area. Amen. And you know I'm right. You know I'm telling you the truth on that. God's word is the word of God. And God says, I magnify that word even above my name. You know, 2 Corinthians 13, 8, such a powerful verse of scripture. Listen to what it says. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Now, what he's saying in that verse of Scripture is is that the truth is the truth, and it's always going to be the truth. You can try to slander the truth all you want to, but in the end, you're going to look like a liar, and the truth's going to still be the truth. Uh, you know, no matter, you, you say, well, you know, a Christian, a Christian uh, that falls down, what a, horrible, what a horrible mark they put upon the truth. No, here's the thing. All they do is reinforce that when somebody leaves the will of God and goes off into sin, the truth is that God has to discipline them and correct them and sometimes has to take their life in order to bring them, bring them home in order to keep them from continuing to, to smear his name. And, and the truth is, is there's an example of what happens. And I'm not saying everybody that, that goes early, that's the case. Heavens no. Uh, sometimes God does that for other reasons we can't understand down here. But I'm telling you, when somebody is, is backslidden and out of the will of God and God takes them home, that doesn't mean that they've hurt the truth. No, the truth just showed that if you'd have walked in it, you wouldn't have had that end. So we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. See, they can say what they want to. I just want to please God. I just want to praise God. I want to give him what he deserves. See, when the sands of time erase their name from off the front of their grave markers, God's word and his name is still going to be magnified. People can say anything they want to, but again, give it enough time and they'll be gone, but the Word of God will still be there. It'll still be shining. It'll still be lifting men up and pointing them to salvation. 
it'll still be raising up up out of the miry pit and out of the miry clay. I want you to listen to what God says about his name. We said he magnified his word above his name. Well, listen to what he says about his name. And Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall and getting everything dedicated back again uh, after the captivity, they're getting, starting to come back home. Nehemiah 9.5, then the Levites, Jeshua, Cadmiel, Bani, Hashbaniah, Sherebiah, Hod, Hod, I'm going to get these wrong because Lord knows I don't know these people, Hadijah, uh, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah, I could have I just said all them people, they said, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be thy glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. God's name, nobody should ever praise anything like they ought to praise God's name. We brag on things on this earth. You know, I read somewhere not too long ago, the word awesome. That word awesome, it really should belong to God and nobody else. We, we use it in slang terms. We say, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. But truth all the all that it speaks of, awesome, it really belongs to God. He alone should have that all. And, you know, that's what fearing God is about. It's about having that fear of him and, and, and respecting him and being in awe of him and knowing who he is. And men down here on earth call themselves reverend. No, he alone is reverend. That's, that's the Lord's name. That's not my name. Listen, uh, he, to him alone, and he, he is exalted above above every name. Philippians two nine. Wherefore God hath also also hath given highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So the name of the Lord Jesus Christ should be exalted above every name and above everything there is. But he says he exalts his word above his name. Proverbs thirty five. The Bible said every word of God is pure. It's perfect. It couldn't have been said any better than it was said when God's word was finished. Amen? It's perfect in every way. And the Bible says he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. What reverence it should instill in us that we are people of the book. What reverence it ought to instill in us that we are children of God and that, and that we are washed in the blood of his precious son. His mark is upon us and we're his. And listen, we, 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 are, we are the children of the Most High God, and, and we're called by his name. We have his spirit dwelling within us, and we have his word, which, again, he magnifies above his name, and we ought to praise him because we are equipped. We are soldiers equipped with the sword of the spirit to go and battle for the Lord Jesus Christ to win souls and pull them out of the fire and build a kingdom, Lord, Lord knows we can't do it, but he will build it through us. We're just the vessels he uses, where he takes us and puts us under the spout of God and pours us out to other people who are thirsty, that are hungry for him. Lord knows we're just vessels, but if we're willing vessels and if we're clean vessels, God wants to take us and use us and so that it brings glory unto him. Amen. Listen, we ought to regard his, we ought to hold his word in such high regard. We ought, we ought, to, we ought to be, we ought to, to, to brag on this Bible. We ought to know this Bible. We ought to memorize the words of God. We ought to have the scripture hid in our hearts. And we ought to be speaking of it daily. We ought to speak to people. 
as we talk to them, we ought to know enough Scripture that, that when people talk to us about problems, we got, the Holy Ghost of God brings one out, and we're able to just lay it right on the problem. It's like, it's like uh, an ointment upon a sore when we bring the right Scripture. You know, like a word fitly spoken, the Bible says, like, apple, uh, like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It's beautiful. God wants us to be like that. God wants us to, to, to be vessels he can draw out of and, and touch and help other people. Let me keep going here. So he said he's magnified his word above all his name. Verse 3, in the day that I, when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. In the day when I cried, he said, you answered me. He, he has proof that God answers prayer. He's answered him, and he's saying, in the day when I cried, you did. You answered me. So he has proof. There it is. God answers prayer, and proof does what? Proof creates confidence. You say, well, I know when I pray now that God's going to hear me and answer me. Amen. So that ought to give us confidence to go back and pray more and more and more and rely on the, the closet of prayer, the, the place of prayer. Again, shut off the TV. Put your phone away. Get away from everybody. Get somewhere where you can talk to God and you can lay out everything out at his feet. Don't, don't get somewhere where you gotta, you got to be scared somebody's going to hear you. Talk to God. Get in your car. Drive around and talk and share with him. Holler if you got to. Let it all out. God is able. God's shoulders are bigger than, you're able to, than the load you're able to put on them. Uh, over, in, over in 1 Peter, he said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God cares. He He loves you, and He wants to He wants to meet your need. He wants to give you a reason to praise His name. He He answers prayer. And David said, "You answered me, and you strengthened me with strength in my soul. You strengthened me with strength in my soul." He David didn't say I strengthened myself. He said, "You strengthened me." Listen, all you needed to do was to give God the opportunity to demonstrate his loving kindness. Just give God the opportunity. Just walk by faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you uh, to, 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 uh, to demonstrate to me how much you love me. I want, to, I want you to do that today. Ask God to do that. And guess what? He will. He wants, to, he wants you to know how much he loves you. Pray for that. And if, there's, and, and if he's not doing it, say, God, what's the obstacle in the way? Is there sin in my life? Is there something in the way? And God, and listen, God wants you to be loved more than you want to be loved. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. God, God wants you in the right position, lining up with him so that he's able to bless your life. God's not going to bless you as long as you're out of his will, as long as you're, as you're doing things your way. But if you'll if you get right with God, if you'll confess your sins, if you'll repent of that which stands between you and God and you come to him, God will begin to reveal himself to you. And guess what? It won't be long before you're praising him and you're giving him glory and you're honoring him for being who he is, for his character, for God that never changes, for God that always, always is good and always is merciful and always is faithful and always is forgiving. God is that kind of a God. He's righteous in every way. And so that builds confidence in us. Once we've been touched by that, it just continues to grow. Once he's proven himself, true growth can begin. And, and, and strength is born out of confidence. When you know you won't fall, when you know he's got you, you can walk with confidence. You can have confidence in the word of God that it will never fail you. 
That that that's why he's praising God in this cha- in this chapter of, of Psalms because he has confidence in the in the power of God's word. He has confidence in the power of his name. He has confidence and it gives him strength. Now let's move on to the second part of this. He talks about all of the kings of the earth praising in verses four through six. We'll, we'll move to this one a little bit faster. But he says he said uh he said, All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. <coughs> though the Lord be high, though the Lord be high, yet he hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. All the kings of the word, uh, I'm sorry, all the kings of the earth, well, I'm getting tongue-tied tonight. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. He said, they shall sing, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. And then verse 6 again says, though the Lord be high, he has respect to the lowly. All right. He talks about, them hearing the words of their mouth, uh, of, of hearing the words of the, the Lord's mouth, and them singing in the way of the Lord, and giving Him glory. That's all the kings of the earth. Now, that has that ever happened? Let's read. Let's read Psalm verse chapter eight, verse one. It says, "O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, <laughs> who has set Thy glory above the heavens." How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Has that ever happened before? That there was a time on this earth when the Lord's name was excellent in all the earth? No, that's never happened so far. Even in the garden. Even in the garden, you had you had you had sin entering in immediately. And you had Cain. You had, again, sin just progressed on and on. There was never a time when the Lord's name was excellent in all the earth, I guess except before man fell. But but since then, there's never been a time. But there will be a time. There will be a time, and it will only occur during the millennium. And that's, that's the soonest it's going to take place. That, that thousand years for which Christ is king and rules and reigns upon the earth on the throne of David in Jerusalem. And, you know, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about that in Psalm chapter 72, verse 9. It says, they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him. And it it talks about his enemies. His enemies shall lick the dust. So they're going to be brought to the ground. Nobody is going to raise up in opposition to Jesus during that thousand-year reign, they're going to bow down to him. The Bible talks about him ruling with a rod of iron. He'll have a military campaign that nobody will ever raise up against. They'll worship him. They'll bow down to him. And his name will be excellent in all the earth. If anybody even thought about raising up against it, it'd be put down immediately. God will have no funny business during that thousand years. <clears throat> Again, David looking forward in faith to the day when Christ rules upon the earth and when the nations and the kings of those nations bow down before the Lord. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. This doctrine 
is why the, the Lord's church is looked at with scorn and looked at with fear by the governments of this world. This is the reason why they want to ban the Bible. That's why they want to shut Christians down and quiet them and close churches because they fear the Lord Jesus Christ coming back and stripping away their, their kingdoms from them. They know that day is coming, and that makes you and I enemies of the state in their eyes, or at least it did during the Obama administration. That was on file that we were officially enemies of the state. Now, that's, that significance or that designation has been taken down. But just because it's been taken down, don't you think for one second there are still people within the government who look at born-again Christians who believe in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as enemies. Because, again, we, we believe in a coming king who will usurp all those here on earth. And he will. And it's just a, it's just a matter of time before it happens. And so they better enjoy their little, their little tyrannical empires while they have a chance because there's coming a day when all of it's going to come to an end and they're all going to meet their doom. All right, let's continue to look. So <clears throat> he's looking at this. He's seeing this down the, down the hallway of time. He's seeing Christ ruling and reigning on, on the, his throne. And it's causing him to praise the Lord. He's saying, praise God. He's going to someday, Jesus, uh, or he says, my Redeemer, my Savior, the Messiah, is going to sit upon my throne. He didn't know his name was Jesus, but he knew that, that, that God was sending a Messiah. To, he would eventually sit on the throne of David and rule over the whole wide world. He knew that, and he's praising God. It's causing him, it's creating praise in him. Instead of looking back, listen to me, instead of looking back to the good old days of the way things was before, and I do it, I'm guilty of it just like you are, but listen, instead of looking back, we ought to be looking forward. We ought not be looking back to what this, uh, and we're not, not looking forward to what this world calls a future, but the future that God promises, eternity with, with Christ in charge, not man, not governments of this world, but Christ in charge. And if we think on those things, if we look forward to that, it'll create confidence in us. And that confidence creates praise. Amen? I don't know anybody, and, I, and I'm going to use a crude example tonight, but I don't know anybody who doesn't let it come out their mouth when they have confidence. I, I'm mindful, of, and I know I know we got a lot of NFL fans in our church, but I know, I know Robert is, and I know that Donnie is, and, and I myself, I enjoy I enjoy the NFL. I know some of you do too, enjoy watching it every now and then. Maybe you're not a fan, but you enjoy looking at it. But you know, you take a team that's getting these two teams that are getting ready to go to the Super Bowl, the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, and and, and you get around any other fans this week or next week, uh, they're going to be praising their team. They're going to be talking. I mean, you you get around, they're going to be going, "We're number one. We're the best. We're going to win. We're going to beat them." They're, they're, that's confidence. And you know what? That, that kind of confidence is great. But as a believer, you and I ought to have that kind of confidence in the Lord. And that ought to come out. It ought, it ought to come out in our speech. We ought to praise him. You know, if they're going to stand up and cheer at a stadium for some man who's running down the, down the field in the grass with a pigskin in his arm, which isn't going to benefit or in them in any way, shape, form, or fashion, We'll, we'll act sometimes like a nut, and I'm guilty of it, over something as silly as, as somebody running a pigskin several yards down a field and avoiding some other men. And yet we won't praise God. We won't say amen in church. We don't, we don't, ever, we don't speak up and give God the glory when we ought to. We'll be ashamed of ourselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding my hand up because I'm right in that company of those who ought to be ashamed of themselves because I don't speak up enough. 
<clears throat> All right, let's continue. He's, we're talking about we're talking about uh, he's talking about the kings of the earth, and Isaiah wrote about it. Isaiah said the, in chapter two, verse one and four, one through four, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted from the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord, into the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. David saw it, Isaiah saw it, and even John saw it in, in, the, in the Revelation in chapter 2 when Jesus has given him the things which are. And he says in chapter 2, verse 26 and 27, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. John saw that reign that Christ is going to have over all the earth. Amen. And people will praise him. People will give him the praise that he is due. Amen. This is all about praising the Lord for how good he is and how, how wonderful he is and, and for his word, which gives us his truth and his, and his holy name. And lastly, let's finish up tonight. And uh, the third thing, verses 7 through 8. Verse 7 and 8, in the midst of trouble, all right, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me, thou wilt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. And the Lord, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. He said, thou wilt revive me. And I, again, I was talking to a lady this week, and, and the one who was who was uh, going through so much anxiety, and I shared with her the phrase which has meant so much to me all these years, is and that is this: that God did not bring me this far just to leave me now. That makes no sense. Why would God do that? Though I'm going through troubles, and I know some of you are going through some hard troubles. I know some of you are, are facing some uncertainties and and, and some things. That, that have shocked you or, or some things that have rocked you to your core, some, uh, some, some blows that have come into your life that you never saw coming. But I want you to know something. God, God is there in the midst of all that. God is there to help you. God has not left you. God, God did not put you in a position where he won't sustain you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, Being confident. Again, we've talked about confidence of, of what God has done. We know that God will continue to. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, that's when he saved you, when he washed you in, his, in the blood of his only begotten son, and you're clean. He which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it. That means he's never going to stop working in you until the day of Jesus Christ, until you see the Lord Jesus eyeball to eyeball, whether it be caught up in the air uh, whether it be going by the way of the grave, however you come to the Lord Jesus, however you, you get to be with him, God is going to take care of you and perform his work in you until that day. 
He's going to revive you. That's what he's saying. Thou will revive me <coughs> in the midst of trouble. Though you're going through it now, it's, it, you know, it came to pass. The Bible says that over and over and over. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. David said, Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. Again, I, I'm mindful that we, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and the rulers of darkness of this world in high places. We know, we know that, that our enemies are spiritual. Our enemies are not flesh and blood. And, and I've, I've heard so many people say this here lately, and I want to echo the same thing. You never know what somebody else is going through. You never know the hurt somebody else is dealing with. I know sometimes people are rude to us, and we maybe we didn't deserve it. Maybe we it was unwarranted, and and we we shake our heads and say, why were they that way? Why did they treat me like that? We don't know what they're going through. Uh, you know, they may they may be they may be going through a bitter divorce. Uh, they they may have lost a child. They may have they may have just lost their job. They may be trying to figure out where they're going to live. Uh, you know, they may have just found out they've got a, a terrible terminal illness. You don't know what somebody else is dealing with, and so we ought to be kind one to another. We ought to we ought to to love one another. You know. Now, having said that, I, I understand that the devil uses people against us, but it's not for us to raise our hands up against them. That's God's job. And David talks about that in Psalm 35, 1 through 3. He says, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. You know what's interesting? He said, plead my cause. That's what a lawyer does, isn't it? You know, Christ is our paraclete. He represents us. He's our intercessor. He goes before the Father for us. And, and, and you know what he does? He also goes against our enemies for us. He's our go-between. Amen. And he says, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw also out the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. I love that. Listen to what that says. Let me read that again. He's asking God to, to jump out in front of him and, and, and to come against his enemies. He says, you take up my cause, Lord, with them that are striving, those that are fighting me. He said, you fight against those that are fighting against me. Lord, you take hold of the shield and buckler. You get that shield out there in front of you, Lord, and you stand up for my help. You shield me, Lord. Draw out the spear, he said, and stop the way of them. Stop the way. You, you, be, you be my guard. You be my bodyguard. You, you get that shield out there and you get that spear out there and, and, and you go against them. You stop the way. You keep them from getting to me. And you say, I'm going to save you. That's what he says. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. God, say to me, I, I've got it. You don't have to fear. And he will. He'll be that for you. He said, he said here, as it continues on, I, I'm, 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 let's see, where am I at? He said, the Lord will perfect the way that concerns me. Verse 8, the Lord will perfect the way that concerns me. God is in control of our future, and I can praise God for that. I can, I, can, I can glorify him because I don't have to figure all this out. My friend that came by earlier, you know, again, he turned around and, and saw that, you know, he'd wandered from God, but God was right there, and God still has a use for him. God still has a purpose for him. 
And, you know, and that's the great thing about it. God God will take us from wherever we're at, and he'll start molding us into the image of his son. Regardless of how disfigured we've made our own life, God will in turn take us and, and, and shape us back. Just like a potter, Jeremiah gives that illustration in chapter 18, I believe it is, of, the, of him going down and the potter uh, working a work on the wheels. And the Bible said in the, in the vessel that he made was marred in the hand of the potter. It means it folded up in his hand. But he made it again as it seemed good unto, him, unto the potter to make it. And he said, can I not do this with you, O house of Israel? Can I not do this with you, O Christian? You say, I, you know, I, I was doing so good, and then I just messed it all up, and it all fell apart, and, and, and I don't know what to do now. My life's a mess. It's a wreck. God, that's what God specializes in. God specializes in taking messes and wrecks and turning them into something beautiful. God wants to do that with my life. He wants to do that with your life. He's doing that with my life. And God will do that with your life too, friend. I want you to know that. God loves you. He loves you more than you could ever conceive of. If you've ever looked at the way a mother loves her newborn infant, if you, uh, the precious love that's there, God created that love. That love didn't exist before God made it. So God loves even harder than a mother loves that infant child. Um, again, the Lord will perfect the way that concerns me. God's got my life in his hands, and God's going to take care of me. I go to that familiar scripture, Romans 8, 28 through 30 which says, and we know, we're 100% sure of, that all things, everything in our life, works together for good, for our benefit, for our, the best purpose for our life, to them that love God, his children who love him, to them who are the called according to his purpose. He has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for you. God wants to do something with our life to bring himself glory. He says, for him, for whom he did foreknow, he knew us before we were saved, he also did predestine that he planned for us to be conformed to the image of his son. God has this plan, again, that he's going to continue to work throughout our lives. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He's never going to stop. And then the Bible said, moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called, and whom he also called, he justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. He called us, he, he cleaned us up, he made it just as if we'd never sinned. And, and, he, and he's, got a, he's got a glorified body waiting on us at the end of this life, and he's got a home in heaven with him. So it's all laid out before us. God will perfect that which concerns me. He finishes and he says, Thy mercy, O Lord, <clears throat> thy mercy endures forever. Psalm 103.17, Bible says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness Unto children's children, from everlasting to everlasting. That literally means from the vanishing point to the vanishing point. As far as you can go in that direction to as far as you can go in that direction, and, and, and it's, it's endless. It's endless. From the vanishing point to the vanishing point, to everlasting to everlasting, God's mercy is there. It never goes away, ever. Amen and amen. He said, you will not forsake the words, the works, rather, I'm sorry. You will not forsake the works of thine own hands. He's talking about you and me. God will never forsake us. God will never turn his back on us. Friends will. Sometimes family will. Uh, you know, coworkers will. But God never will. God will never turn his back on you. 
He won't ever forsake you because you are his, and you you represent him. And I want to finish with this verse from Jude. It's the first verse in the book of Jude. Again, talking about the fact that he won't forsake you. <clears throat> it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are, listen, sanctified by God the Father. That means they've been set apart, special. God is perfecting them. Set apart, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. See, we're not persevering. We're preserved. The Bible says it right there, as plain, plain as can be. If we were persevering, there might be a possibility that we might go bad. But listen, we're preserved in Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the one. It's just like, the, you know, grandmas used to, and I guess some grandmas still do, but, but back when I was a kid, nearly all grandmas put up food you know, because most everybody had a farm or garden, and they canned their food and put it up for the winter. And when you put that food in the can, in, in, in the canning jar, and you put those lids on top, and you and you boil that water, and you waited for that vacuum to be created, and then it sucked down, and then it it went pink. Let after it's cooling off, letting you know the vacuum seal was there. And so you could take the screw top rings off of it and just leave the seal on it because the seal is what's holding the air from getting in and keeping what's inside of it fresh. It's not what's inside. It's it's the seal that's keeping it from going bad. And, and my friends, it's not us, what's inside of us, that's keeping us from, and I say us, in us, in ourselves, that's keeping us from going bad. Our works can't do it. Uh, the best that we try, our best attempt at religion will not please God. No, we must be sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption and kept by him. We're, we're, we're preserved in Jesus Christ. And the Bible said, and called. God didn't leave you down here. God has not brought you this far to leave you. You can praise God tonight for his character, that God is not a God who's fickle. God is a God who's faithful. And God is a God that loves you. And God wants to bless you tonight. God wants you to come to him tonight and, and turn over all your fears. Turn over all those worries and that anxiety about if I, you know, if I just step out in faith and and just decide to just be 100% Christian and live my life and give God all of me, that, that everything won't come unwound in my life and everything won't fall apart. I'm just gonna, I just want to trust you, Lord, just to take me and do with me what you will and show me what you'll make of my life. I promise you, you'll never, ever put yourself into anybody's hands who will treat you any better than your God if you'll just let him have your life. And you know what he'll do? He'll begin to show you how good it can be, and you'll start praising and if you'll start praising, God will keep blessing. And pretty soon, that praise will be continuous praise in your lips. And, and what a thing that is, to give him the glory he deserves down here before you get up there. I mean, what a shame. Think about this. I'm going to close with this thought. What a shame it'd be for you to live your life down here giving God very little praise and then get to heaven where it's all about praise. How out of place will you feel there? If you can't praise him down here, what makes you feel like you want to praise him up there? He deserves it. God deserves every bit of it. Let's give it to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving this old wretched sinner. Praise your name for calling me into this glorious ministry. Praise your name for giving me a family. Praise your name for giving me children. Praise your name 
for letting me have a purpose in this life. I bet you have some things you could praise him about too. Don't take that away from him. It belongs to him. Give him the praise. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for, Lord, this time that we've been allowed to come together. And, Lord, I pray that you keep people safe, Lord, in the ice and the snow. <clears throat> Lord, we sure don't want anybody to fall and break bones or get hurt in any accidents or any, any way. Lord, we just pray you protect us. Lord, give people sense not to go out on slick streets and cause accidents. Father, I just pray you keep people warm and keep people safe. And Father, most of all, Lord, I pray for those who are listening in, Lord, that might not know Jesus as their Savior. I pray, Lord, they understand that, Lord, there's nothing they can do to save themselves, and there's no religion on this earth that can save them. It's only through the blood of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son who, who was came to this earth and lived a sinless, spotless life so that his life could be laid down instead of mine. His life could be laid bare before you, and you could crucify him, a perfect, perfect man. He was perfect in every way. He had no sin to be punished for, and he was punished in our place. And, oh, my friend, he didn't stay dead. He did not stay buried. He came out of the grave the third day, and he's alive forevermore. He's in heaven, and he's coming again. And I want to tell you tonight that he died for your sins, and he wants you to believe upon his shed blood and trust him. Trust that that payment satisfied God and that your sins can be gone, that they can be washed away in that blood. If you'll come to him in faith, turning from your sin, Lord, Lord knows you can't, you can't physically turn from all of it, but you can have a willingness to turn to God and give it to him and say, Lord, I don't want to be like that anymore. I want you to wash me from my sins. I want you to cleanse me, and I want you to give me a purpose in my life and help me to live righteously before you. If you'll come to him tonight, confessing your sins, asking God to forgive you and save your soul, wash you in his blood, he'll save you tonight. And I pray tonight, Lord, please save somebody that's on their way to hell. Father, revive backslidden Christians tonight. Lord, comfort hurting Christians. Lord, baby Christians, help them to take steps of faith and walk with you. And Lord, for those who are grown in the faith, help us to look around and see those that we can lead to walk upright as well. Lord God, please bless us now and keep us safe in this winter storm is coming. We ask your blessing now upon Temple Baptist Church and all the believers who are watching us tonight. Bless them. And Lord, I pray that they would open their mouth and praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And, and again, Temple Baptist, love you, and look forward to seeing you on Sunday. And just pray that, that the Lord blesses the rest of your week. Stay safe, stay warm, and uh, and love one another. Encourage one another. And and, and let's, let's be a blessing to somebody. Amen. God bless you, and you all have a great night. Amen.
getting ready here. We've got about two minutes left until 7 o'clock. We can give everybody just a few minutes to get on with us. <clears throat> I wanted to do this in a nicer room, but we're out in my workshop tonight because of, well, the rain's falling and it's a big metal building and, and it drowns out the sound of my voice. So we're out in the workshop. So praise God. I like it out here anyway. It's more my speed. Um, but anyway, I hate that we couldn't gather together in person, but uh, it is what it is, and uh, I'm glad that we're able, I'm able to come to you and bring the message to you, and you're able to watch, and, and hope the Lord bless you tonight. I do want to uh, mention just a couple things in the way of uh, prayer requests and praise. Um, I, I got a visit today from a good friend of mine. I'm not going to call his name on here because I don't want to, I don't want to throw his business out there if he doesn't want it out there. But it's a good friend of mine from Arkansas came out visiting me today. And uh, he is somebody I pray for and our church has prayed for for a long time. And I think you may know what I'm talking about. He had business in quite some time. But uh, he shared with me how God had really uh, used something to rock his life and